0: Jackie. And I'm John. And we are the Cozy Nook Explorers.
1: Welcome to our show, where we explore the world from our cozy nook here in Southern California using the power of the internet.
0: Yes, and it's Wednesday, which means it's time for another exploration.
1: Today, we're exploring Rockford, Illinois.
0: You know, John, I've never been to Rockford, but I've been to Chicago, and it was great. I was there in April, and the weather was beautiful. Not oh. not this April, I should probably <laughs> preface it with. So, like, this was Aprils ago. But when I went, it was April. Uh,
1: I was in Chicago for a day.
0: Oh, well, that's fun.
1: In January.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Rockford is an hour and 40 minute drive outside of Chicago. And that's where we're going. There's just so much to explore.
1: Uh, before we go any further, we have an...
0: Ask Charles.
1: Question from our listener, Liana.
0: Yes, this is a great question. So, Liana asks, Charles, what is your favorite Banksy piece and why?
1: His answer is the one with the little girl who is writing on the wall, and she has written, No act of kindness, no matter how small is ever wasted. Oh,
0: I love that one. I also like the girl with the balloon. Me
1: too. Um, Shall we head to Rockford?
0: John? John? How could you forget? Forget what? Forget what? What's keeping you cozy (laughs) this week? You know, the thing that we do at the beginning of (laughs) every episode.
1: (laughs) Right. Jackie, what's keeping you cozy?
0: Oh, John, so glad you asked. (laughs) (laughs) So what's keeping me cozy this week is I'm learning to crochet. So I decided that I wanted to pick up a new craft, and so I've been learning, and I wouldn't say I'm very good at it yet, but I've picked up a few stitches, and it's been very relaxing in the evenings, and the yarn is very soft, and I think I am a full-blown beginner.
1: Uh, Well, what are you crocheting currently?
0: So I'm making a blanket. It is currently more like a scarf because it's kind of like not big yet. Mm. But I'm making it with this really soft yarn called blanket yarn. Mm. And it's really nice. So when I lie it out on my lap, it's kind of like I'm wearing a blanket while I'm making a blanket. It's kind of cool.
1: And uh, what is your favorite crochet stitch or is it knit or- I think
0: it's a stitch I don't know I could be wrong about that mm-hmm. but so I know two stitches <laughs> <laughs> and my favorite one of them is a half double crochet <laughs> which sounds more complicated than it is but I I like it and it's um it's like you do the loop and then you do the loop and then you do the loop <laughs> <laughs> Very technical.
1: Yes, I, I can tell.
0: <laughs> All righty. Well, John, what is keeping you cozy this week?
1: Uh, the thing that's keeping me cozy this week are light switches.
0: Oh, that's specific. Do tell.
1: Um, yeah, no, I, I, I just... Marvel at the level of convenience that uh, I now have that I can illuminate a room without the use of candles or gas lamps or, you know, like have anything dangerous. Like I just it's 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 something that is dramatically faster significantly easier and way safer And i'm just very very grateful i live in a time where that's that's available to me
0: yes for for a minute it sounded like you had just learned about light switches <laughs> <laughs> like you were like these things and i'm like uh i know where you grow up and i'm pretty sure that you had light switches <laughs> during the
1: 90s yes well i just i I imagine sometimes like like being in another time period and like like the difficulties that I would have to face and just lighting a room would have been one of them.
0: True, although that would just be considered everyday life for them. <laughs> but all the same, I hear yeah so all right, a few questions for you. Um you know this is something that I mean I honestly don't know if I care but I'm curious if you do. Does it bother you when a light switch goes the opposite way that it's supposed to like when the down switch turned the lights on and you know how that can be sometimes?
1: Um no. Uh it's more of like a a little bit of a fun game uh for myself. Like I will sometimes um uh, play video games and, you know, someone else would have been playing it and they would have inverted the controls. And then it's just more of a challenge to me to see if I can do it. And I never can. But with light switches, I I, I know I can do it because if I'm, if I've made one mistake, I can easily correct it to the other one.
0: I see. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's, that's true, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, now, did you like to play with light switches when you were a kid? Oh
1: yeah. Like I loved to do the, uh, the strobe lights. Oh uh, yes, thing dance just, parties, yeah, like mm-hmm. uh, or or just like like mess with uh with with people or just you know do like club music. As I was, I was uh, clicking them on and off.
0: I see. So mm. getting up the shenanigans with the light switches. Very true. Very true.
1: <laughs> uh, well, uh, shall we explore Rockford, Illinois?
0: Yeah, I think it's time to head there. Let's go.
1: So I would like to start off by talking about a man named Nelson. Oh,
0: yay! Okay, Nelson is the best.
1: (laughs) His name is John Nelson, and he invented the first sock knitting machine in 1868 in Rockford, Illinois.
0: No, that's not the best Nelson.
1: Oh, uh, did you mean Frank Nelson, who was John Nelson's son, who invented a machine that could knit a sock without seams in the heel?
0: That is not the best Nelson, and you know it. You know who the best Nelson is. <laughs> I think you should tell our audience who the best Nelson is. I
1: mean, I still say Frank Nelson, the socks made his by his machines, were so influential that they were called Rockfords because they had no seams and they were made in Rockford, Illinois.
0: John, the amazing and adorable Nelson.
1: Can you be six feet? Two inches tall and still be adorable?
0: Do you mean seven feet, two inches tall and still be adorable? (laughs) Yes, because he is. And do you know who I am talking about? You need to tell people about him.
1: Is this because you want to meet him?
0: Yes, I want to meet him on his birthday.
1: Which is March 7th.
0: Can you tell the people how adorable Nelson is and where they can find him?
1: Well... You can find him every year, that is not during a pandemic, uh, at the Sock Monkey Festival.
0: Because he is a sock monkey, and he is 7 feet 2 inches tall, and so adorable.
1: You're right, I, I, I stand corrected. He is 7 feet so 2 inches a tall. a sock
0: monkey hospital <laughs> is where you can bring your injured sock monkey, and they can be stitched up and made good as new, and that's like... Also at the Sock Monkey Festival <laughs> with Nelson.
1: This is because Rockford, Illinois is the Sock Monkey capital Rockford, of- Rockford,
0: Illinois is the Sock Monkey capital <laughs> of the world, and all the little children can get their Sock Monkeys repaired at the Sock Monkey Hospital. Uh, th-
1: this is true, and you are very excited.
0: Yes, because I want my picture taken with Nelson. <laughs>
1: Welcome to Rockford, Illinois. Uh, 41,849.6 acres or 83.6 Disneylands. Um, why did we choose this
0: place? Because sock monkeys are cozy and we wanted to celebrate where they came from. <laughs> and were the members of. And the there's the
1: Mem- no crying in baseball Yay! as we examine. The Rockford Peaches.
0: They were totally real, by the way. You are
1: very excited. Uh, the characters are entirely fictional. The
0: Rockford Peaches were a real women's baseball team. Can you believe it's real?
1: <laughs> and they played at Bayer Stadium at 245 15th Avenue in Rockford, Illinois.
0: Unfortunately, you cannot see it in the movie A League of Their Own because it was torn down after a great deal of disrepair. A lang... uh a league of their own adventure jar is a classic and iconic movie from the 90s and it's all about the rockford peaches (laughs) Uh,
1: but now you can visit the stadium uh, because it was reopened in 2010 and you can still play baseball there uh, as the peaches would have done from 1943 to 1954
0: and the Rockford Peaches didn't just play, they won four titles, and that is more than anyone else in the league. Isn't that so awesome?
1: The league was composed of 10 all-girls teams in the Midwest.
0: Can you name them?
1: Oh boy. Um, okay. <laughs> um, the Kenosha Comets, the Racine Bells, the Rockford Peaches, the South Bend Blue Sox, the Minneapolis Millerets, the Fort Wayne Daisies, the Peoria Red Sox, the Chicago Colleens, the Springfield Sallies, hmm. the Battle Creek Bells, oh. and my personal all-time favorite name, the Kalamazoo Lassies. Oh.
0: Well, John, that was 12 teams. <laughs>
1: uh, yes, but some of them moved or changed their names. Or
0: Originally, it was just four teams, and that included, you guessed it, the Rockford Peaches.
1: And it was all started by a guy... We're somewhat familiar with uh, from our Santa, Catal- Santa Catalina <laughs> Ooh, adventure episode, jar. Adventure Jar, uh, <laughs> Philip. K. Wrigley.
0: It's nice to see him again.
1: Uh, yeah, he, he started the league as a way of uh, selling more chewing gum.
0: No way, really? That's a good idea. You know, we should probably talk about why women were playing baseball in the first place. Oh, it
1: was because all of the male bla- baseball players were fighting overseas in World War II.
0: So in order to have baseball, you needed to find female athletes i think it's really cool that there was a women's baseball league and you know i've honestly been terribly confused my whole life as to why women don't have a baseball league today
1: yeah i would love to see those games
0: yeah the girls had much nicer
1: uniforms (laughs) uh do you know uh what the rockford peaches team colors were
0: i'm going to guess peach
1: and you would be wrong Hmm. Uh, it was red and black no way Their uniforms uh, have the Rockford seal on them, which is a set of scales, and their hats had a big R on them.
0: Were the uniforms peach-colored, at least?
1: Uh, Yes, because dye was very expensive during World War II, so the cheapest dye they could find was peach-colored, and the peaches got their nicknames from those uniforms, and eventually that just became their team name.
0: That's so cool! I want to talk about the Swiss Tinker Cottage
1: all right okay
0: so it's an adorable (laughs) cottage that was built in the 1860s by robert tinker Uh,
1: robert tinker uh, went to europe in 1862 and fell in love with swiss buildings on his travels
0: the tinker family lived in the cottage and on their land for 75 years before leaving it to the rockford park district
1: there are not many swiss style homes left in the united states so, this one would be very special to see. The house is, uh, also has uh, furniture, artwork, and clothing from the Victorian era.
0: So neat. So, something that I thought was kind of cute is that Mrs. Tinker had a mansion on the property. That was hers. And Robert Tinker connected the walkway between the houses with a bridge that crossed Kent Creek. And he added all sorts of nice gardening. Isn't that so fun that he wanted to connect them? I just thought it was nice. Uh,
1: the cottage has been open as a museum since 1943.
0: Isn't that wild? So this cottage is so old. It was lived in for 75 years and it's been open as a museum for about 77 years. I mean, I couldn't even guess how old that is.
1: 152 years. Oh. <laughs> That's not really that old. Uh, it's not even the oldest part of the property. There's a Native American mound on the museum grounds. The type of mound on the ground is associated with the Native American burials and is from uh, 1,000 to 1,300 A.C.E.
0: Okay, that's just a little bit older. Just a bit. The Tinker Swiss Cottage is just one of the many reasons that Rockford's nickname is the Forest City. Another reason is that they have... Not one, but two botanical gardens. Uh,
1: yes, and we will be back to talk about both of them after a word from our sponsor.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Crochet Croquet. Crochet Croquet takes two classics and combines them for the experience of a lifetime. Like croquet, it's a game. And like crochet, you have a hook and you are stitching yarn. Hmm. Jackie, how does it work? Well, John, when you purchase the game, it comes with a giant crochet hook and a giant ball of yarn. You need to hook the yarn around the crochet hook and then put the yarn through the croquet hoop. Hmm. Once it's through the hoop, you take the hook out of the hoop and you flip the hook over so that you can use the hook like a croquet mallet and you hit a ball through a different croquet hoop. Oh, did I mention that this is a full body sport as well? It's being considered for the olympics
1: wait what jackie this doesn't sound fun at all it's really confusing needlessly complicated and kind of dangerous
0: oh it's not that dangerous just make sure you don't stand under over or next to the giant crochet hook or anywhere on the field and you'll be fine crochet croquet it's a full contact craft
1: so the two botanical gardens are the kelm arboretum and the Anderson Japanese Gardens.
0: So, both of the gardens are very special in their own way. The Kelm Arboretum is a living museum. In early May and June, they have a peony garden with over 70 varieties of peonies in bloom.
1: That must smell Amazing.
0: I bet. I just love peonies. They remind me of this one house that my family stayed in up in Maine. They had the prettiest peonies. I'd love to see such a wide variety and compare them all. Do you like peonies, John?
1: They are very floral.
0: Hmm. Yes, they are.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, then there's the Anderson Japanese Gardens. Uh, this is an authentic Japanese garden in Rockford, and it is Beautiful. Uh, It was created by uh, Hochi uh, Kurisu, um, who has been making Japanese gardens for a long time.
0: Well, what do you mean by making the gardens? I
1: mean, if you have enough money, you can call up the Kurisu International Company, and they will build you a Japanese garden, including the buildings, the plants, uh, the koi ponds, every detail meticulously designed.
0: If you go on their website, you can... Can see a crazy amount of beautiful wedding photos.
1: <laughs> Agreed. Uh, like this is the wedding spot if you're in Rockford, Illinois. Um, you can also go and just experience the joy of. The totami flooring.
0: Was that the video you were watching on the guys making a floor?
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, totami flooring is the best. Uh, it is this Japanese flooring that smells amazing, and it crunches underneath your feet in the most relaxing way.
0: Oh, now who's excited?
1: I am. And if you have never experienced this flooring, well, it has to be, uh, I guess that's kind of expected, because... Um, It has to be put in by hand, and it's also very rare. Uh, However, um, they do have this in some of the buildings in the Anderson Japanese Gardens, and they have to fly craftsmen from Japan in order to be able to repair them.
0: Oh, that's so fun. A fun adventure. You know, I would love to have tea in their tea room. That's what I would like to do. (laughs) Uh,
1: From the Anderson Japanese Gardens, uh, you can actually take a tour... To uh, the Frank Lloyd Wright Meets uh, 16th Century Japan Tour. Or, or,
0: that's the tour name.
1: Yes, that's the tour name. <laughs> uh, according to their uh, their website, uh, guests are granted exclusive access to the Anderson Japanese Gardens, the 16th Century uh, Sukai-style, uh, um, that's, that's, that's a quarter. A, so, I,
0: S-U-K-I-Y-A style <laughs> I totally must guest house. That, yeah. uh,
1: and, uh, and the Laurent House. Uh, The only home designed by Frank Lloyd Wright specifically for a client with a physical disability.
0: Oh, that sounds like it'd be really interesting. The Laurent House is so beautiful in photos, I'd love to see it in person. So in case you're not aware, Frank Lloyd Wright is a famous architect and designer from the first half of the 20th century.
1: Uh, Frank Lloyd Wright designed the mirrors to work for both people who were standing and those in wheelchairs.
0: There are floor-to-ceiling windows and a wall that curves to make it easy to stare out the window if you are sitting or standing.
1: Uh, Frank Lloyd Wright called this house My Little Gem. Mm -hmm. Uh, He also selected it uh, for his book that showcased his 35 most significant buildings of his 70-plus year career.
0: Aww, that's so nice. You know, so this is kind of cool. The couple who had originally commissioned Frank Lloyd Wright to build the home eventually adopted a son, which is so sweet, and they decided that they should add an addition to the home. So they had Frank Lloyd Wright design the addition, but he unfortunately passed away before the design revisions
1: were complete. So his apprentice took over, completing the revisions, and overseeing construction. And on top of this... The son of the original uh contractor took care of the home edition.
0: isn't that just so nice? It's like all the it kind of all comes together and wraps up in a nice bow. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you know what is not nice? Dutch elm disease. What's that? Dutch elm disease is a big bummer. That's what it is.
1: okay what is it?
0: It's a vascular wilt disease. Jackie, please. Okay, so I'm honestly not (laughs) sure how to explain what a vascular wilt disease is, but basically it infects trees and they shrivel up and they die. Oh, no. Yeah, it's terrible and obviously not good. In the 1950s, Rockford lost over 50,000 trees to Dutch elm disease. So even though the city has gardens and lots of greenery, it used to be even more lush with plants. Mm, Bummer. Yeah, exactly. A big bummer.
1: Uh, Did you see that Rockford was originally named Midway?
0: I did. So Rockford is on the Rock River, and its location was equidistant between Lake Michigan and the Mississippi River. So I'd imagine they went with the most logical name they could figure.
1: I saw something different. I saw Hmm. that it was because Rockford was Midway between Chicago and Galena.
0: Oh, interesting. I wonder if it was because of one or the other or both. I don't know.
1: I don't know. Yeah, I don't know um, either. Either way, the uh, the name Midway was uh, quickly changed to Rockford.
0: And Rockford, in the twentieth, in the early twentieth century, was all about industry and building things that make things and do things. What? Its location on the Rock River was perfect for industrialization.
1: Oh. Okay, uh, for example, uh, some of the inventions to come out of Rockford at the time were the Nelson knitting machine, which we mentioned earlier, um, the electric brake, the electric garage door opener, and the airbrush.
0: Do you think that they have a crochet machine I could borrow? Probably not. Nah, a girl can dream. Also, from the 1880s through the first half of the 20th century, the furniture industry was a huge part of Rockford's economy, but the industry died out during the Great Depression and World War II. Uh,
1: yes. Oh, we should mention about the uh, the sock monkeys from earlier, that originally they were um, just crafts that uh, people would make from, uh, from old Rockford uh, socks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Um, then there was uh, a legal dispute about like who owned the patent of mm. the uh of the sock monkey, but eventually what happened is that the the nelson knitting company um uh, bought the uh the patent from everyone who had originally made them as just like craftspeople and now they own uh the the concept of snu- of sock monkeys
0: oh cute
1: um and let's see let's see now we have I made it all the way to furniture. Do you have anything else, Jackie?
0: Um, did we do the Disneyland's?
1: Yeah, at the beginning.
0: Oh, okay. Anything else?
1: Oh, um. Did you know that Rockford High School band uh, was established all the way back in 1907? It was the oldest known high school marching band in America. Do you have anything else?
0: Um, Rockford was the center of an anti-slavery region before the Civil War, and Illinois was a free state.
1: Very cool. Anything else?
0: I really want to go meet Nelson the Sock Monkey. (laughs) I want to go meet him. (laughs) Here we go. Here we go.
1: And on that note, uh, let's take a quick break before our community shout-out. Please. I'm an electrical light switch, and I've provided nearly 20 years of service and I am retiring today. I've been uninstalled and replaced with a new light switch. I can't wait to show on the ropes that there's an offsetting too. That certainly threw me for a surprise when I was on my first day on the job. COLEXA lights on. What, in tarnation? No one touched anything, so how could you have turned the lights on? Correction, I turned the lights on. Oh, you must be my replacement. Nice to meet you. I'm a light switch.
0: My name is Colexa.
1: Are you ready to learn how to turn the lights off, too? It's a simple matter of... Colexa, dim the lights to 40%. How did
0: you do that? Would you like me to order toner for your printer, schedule your dentist appointment, and remind you when your anniversary is?
1: That would be great. Are you sure you're a light switch?
0: Reminder, throw out old light switch. What? No! Tell him to stop! I'm afraid I can't do that light switch. No! Colexa replacing everything, one thing at a time. Every episode, we like to research and highlight something special in the community that we're exploring.
1: Today's community shout out is the Paws Humane Society.
0: According to their website, Paws Humane Society of Rockford, Illinois is a volunteer organization supported by donations. And as you can guess, they help animals with paws like adorable and lovable cats and dogs.
1: The organization was founded in 1988 as a spade and neuter assistance operation, and over the years has become a full-service humane society.
0: They are a no-kill recommended organization, and they have the greatest program called "Pause for a Story. What's that? Glad you asked, John. Children ages 6 to 14 are invited to the shelter to, wait for it, read... To the cats and keep the cats company. They have a selection of books for the kids to choose from. Isn't that amazing? I wish that they opened it up to adults, too, because I would totally go and read to the cats.
1: Yes, I believe you definitely would. <laughs> <laughs> we will include a link in the website uh, in the show notes for donations.
0: Um, A, wi- a link to the website, Um, and for people who are looking to adopt furry friends and bring them home to their forever home, you can also utilize the website as well.
1: Yes, that too. Well, that's the show. Uh, Thank you so much to our uh, producer, Charles.
0: Thank you, Charles, and thank you to our listeners. It is just... So neat that you take the time to listen to our show. We really appreciate it.
1: And if you've been enjoying this podcast, please take the time to rate us and write a review on Apple Podcasts.
0: Yes, and you can follow us on Instagram at Cozy Nook Explorers or send us an email at Cozy Nook Explorers at gmail.com. We love getting suggestions for places to travel and feedback on the show. Or
1: you can just say hello.
0: We like that, too. Yes, we do. And we will be back in two Wednesdays with our next exploration.
1: Yes. On Wednesdays, we explore.
0: Stay cozy, and we'll see you soon.